The Daily Tap is live for Monday. It is April 10th. We are talking about Giannis on a revenge tour for the MVP and the 2022 Bucks. We'll discuss that as we get ready for the Bucks playoff appearance. We will chat about the Milwaukee Brewers. Surprises so far. We'll then dive into Golden Kegs uh, for their series win over the St. Louis Cardinals. Maybe talk a little bit about the series with the Diamondbacks. Uh, that could be also known as the Surprise Bowl. And then, uh, you know what? We'll end the show uh, with Odell Beckham. And Odell Beckham going to the Ravens. And the Aaron Rodgers flirtation fails again. Uh, we'll talk about that. I was going to talk about something else. But I'll save that one for a little bit later this week. Good week for Tapping the Keg. I think you guys are going to really enjoy what we have cooking. Uh, we, I think, we'll have Shake Head on, uh, which we haven't had about in a while. Uh, that's partly my fault. Partly, you know, I'll be for not making sure that we stick to like a two-week, three-week thing with him. But he's going to be back in the mix. Uh, we're also going to have Mitch, obviously, and... Mikey, uh, a.k.a. Weasel, uh, is going to be on the show uh, who won Tammy the Keg Madness. Congratulations to him. I don't know if we're going to get him on this week. Uh, if not this week, next week. I got to work with him on times. I got to talk to uh, Shannon and Mitch first uh, before we get that all scheduled. Uh, so, But anyways, we are the winner of Tammy the Keg Madness does want to come on the pod. Uh, so we know each other just through Twitter. That's it. So there's going to be some familiar, there's going to be some learning curves, uh, but it'll be a lot of fun. I'm excited. Uh, it should be an awesome, uh, awesome time talking to a big Marquette fan. Um, so I, I'm assuming we're going to talk a lot about Marquette, but it's his show. So whatever he wants to talk about, uh, we will discuss. Uh, I will say there are obviously a little bit of guide rails. Uh, we're not we're not going to get dive deep into uh, politics or anything like that or, or something like that. that. That's just not our bag. But anyways, uh, so congrats to those who won Tammy the Keg Madness. Uh, shout out Nick for winning the Retro Daddy package. Uh, shout out to Aaron who won the beer package. He went with Lakefront Brewery. Uh, we hooked that up all this weekend, so we're good to go. Uh, a lot of participants, 57 total, uh, which is great for us. Uh, and we'll try and do more. Uh, try and find more opportunities to do those type of challenges uh, and figure out ways and contests. Uh, I have all this memorabilia, honestly, that I could give away. Um, I don't think we're going to be able, I'm going to be able to keep all of it uh, just because, you know, there's only so much space in your house. So if I do have some cool memorabilia to give away, we'll do some fun stuff where you can win those things. So stay tuned on that. Uh, maybe in the next eh, two or three months, uh, we'll, you'll start seeing that stuff pop up whether it's Twitter or Instagram. Good time to talk about that. Twitter or Instagram, Tammy the Keg. On Twitter, Tammy the Keg Sports. On Instagram, as well as TikTok. Uh, we are on those. Uh, and then uh, follow, you know, make sure to subscribe, rate, review, uh, do all the things, uh, whether it be on Apple, whether it be on Spotify. Uh, if you enjoy Tammy the Keg Madness, uh, that's the thing you could do to help us out is leave a review for the podcast. We'd really appreciate that. Uh, we're also on, you know, Podcast Attic, Overcast, Anywhere else you get your podcast, we are there. Uh, if we're somehow not, shoot me a DM. We'll make sure that our RSS feed gets to that program. Uh, if you're not, uh, if you're already subscribed and you've already written, left a review, drop the just in the group chat. Tell them what we got going on. Uh, be like, yeah, this guy rambles a little bit at the beginning, but then he gets into it and he gets down to business. And that is exactly what I'm doing. And I will shut up now and we will get into Giannis Antetokounmpo 
and the revenge tour that begins next Sunday evening. Yes, Anthony Kubo is not going to win MVP. Okay, I think we can all agree, right? Joel Embiid's going to take home the MVP. Uh, it'll be Joel Embiid's first, first MVP. Uh, there will be a lot of conversation around this is the next crowning achievement for Embiid. Embiid has been campaigning for an MVP award like a politician for the last few years. Embiid has acted like he has been disrespected, that he's been disregarded, that he has been thrown to the side. There is no one that whines as much as Joel Embiid. But Giannis Antetokounmpo deserves to be the MVP. I think we can all agree on that. I think that is not biased. And I think people who understand ball, people who watch ball, know that Giannis Antetokounmpo is the best player. He's on the best team. He had the best season. He should be the MVP. But this is a narrative award. Michael Jordan had years like this where Carl Malone famously won the MVP in 1996 when Jordan clearly had a better year, but they were just tired of giving it to Michael Jordan, so they gave it to Carl Malone. 1993, they were tired of giving it to Michael Jordan again, and they gave it to Charles Barkley. And Barkley had a good year that year. Barkley's a little less egregious than Malone, but still, this has happened before. David Robinson got the award over Hakeem Olajuwon because Olajuwon had won the year prior. There is a there's a fatigue factor, but Giannis hasn't won the MVP in a couple years, yet they decidedly are tired of Giannis. And Giannis knows this. Giannis talked about it with Chris Haynes uh, in an interview for Bleacher Report uh, recently. And I, I found the quotes pretty damn interesting, honestly. Uh, I, I really did because I felt like it was a, you know, sort of a warning shot at just what this man could do. This is, it's a little, it's a little long. I'm going to be honest. Um, Nate Marzad uh, clipped it, which thanks to Nate for doing that. He's a great follow, uh, which you probably already know. Uh, Nate's way more popular than I am. But uh, this is what Yana said to Chris Haynes. Look, I will never create a narrative about the work I put in. And maybe that might hurt me because I believe in the last five years, I've been the MVP. All right, let's stop there. That is a clear shot at Joel Embiid. That is a shot across the bow at Joel Embiid. That's a shot at Daryl Morey. That, that, that's just taking aim, right? And that's that's what that is. Uh, so we're, we're kind of maybe doing this a little bit uh, fire Joel Morgan style where you know you add your, add your context after quotes, uh, if you're familiar with that. Do I want a third MVP? Hell fucking yeah, I want a third one. I'm extremely competitive. I try to make my team successful. That's what I get paid for. That's what I'm here for. I'm never going to, to be the one who discredits anyone else's work. That's not who I am as a person. But And I will never beg for an MVP award that I believe I deserve. I'm very proud that I've been able to play at an MVP level because that means I'm making my team successful. Very successful. That's the goal. So that right there says says a lot, right? Uh, Giannis A wants one, like he like anyone else, right? You want that individual award. I think it's foolish to think that people do not want the MVP award. That people do not want that and want to be honored as the best player, you know, for that season. Even though what Giannis said, I think it was back in December of this year, saying like Steph Curry is the best player right now because he has a championship, and if I get the championship, I'll be the best player. But until I, I get a championship again, like Steph Curry is the best player. And I, I love that quote from Giannis because it really, I think that's true in a, in a sense, right? Because if you get a championship, you are the best. 
Look at Mahomes, right? Patrick Mahomes, I think, you know, elevated to a level. Patrick Mahomes had lost that Super Bowl. There would be Aaron Rodgers conversations about, is he the next Aaron Rodgers? Is he the next Peyton Manning? Is he the guy who can't win the big one? There would be an ascension for Jalen Hurts, right? But because Mahomes now is another Super Bowl and Mahomes is the Super Bowl winning quarterback, Mahomes is the best. It's like, oh, Mahomes. Like, Mahomes is getting into that rarefied air that Tom Brady got into. He's getting into that rarefied air from a basketball perspective that Steph Curry, you know, found himself in. So I look at that quote and, and I, I really do believe that. And, and Giannis knows that if he's good, the team's good. And that's where the Bucks are. And he wants that. And yeah, he does mention, like, I'm never going to beg for it. Again, another subtle stab at Embiid. And, but he's like, oh, I'm not going to discredit. And I'm like, all right, man. Well, I, I get that, but you are kind of taking shots while 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 you are. Like, that would be the only thing I'd push back on. I don't push back on a lot of Giannis stuff, but it's like you are kind of discrediting a little bit because there are guys who are begging for the award. There are guys who are talking about campaigning, as we said. Joel Embiid is no different than Joe Biden, Ron DeSantis, Donald Trump. You know, that's what, that's what Joel Embiid's doing out there. So here's the other quote that I, here's the other part of this uh, from Chris Haynes uh, interview from with Giannis Antetokounmpo. Maybe people are just tired of me. And look, I'll, I'll be tired of myself too. I'm not going to lie. Antetokounmpo said, uh, Mariah, my significant other, uh, is tired of me too. But at the end of the day, I will try to be consistent. I will try to be as doubted as I can. And I will try to help my team be successful as many years as I can. And in as many years as my legs allow me to be. Eventually, they're going to be like, man, give this guy an MVP award because goddamn, he's still here. That's what's going to happen. All right. few things. Uh, Giannis knows what people say about him. Giannis talks about how he doesn't pay attention to social media. Fuck that. Giannis pays so much attention to social media. Giannis knows exactly everything that's being said. Knows the run and dunk stuff. Knows how people, you know, might get a little bit tired of what Antetokounmpo does on a night in, night out basis. Knows that he lives in Celtics fans' heads, even though the Celtics beat them. And I, I think part of that is because they know how hard it is to take down Antetokounmpo in a seven-game series. Bill Simmons, who's probably the biggest Celtics fan and maybe the biggest fan slash journalist we have out there, and I, I don't mean that as a as a critique. Uh, Simmons, the reason why Simmons did or what Simmons has done is why I'm here, right? And But what he said was he talked all the time about how hard it was to face off against Antetokounmpo for those seven games. And, and that's why I think Celtics fans, you know, act like they do against Antetokounmpo. They know what a challenge it is. And every team, I think, that faces Giannis for seven games will, you know, get to that point. Uh, and Giannis said the last part about man, give this guy an MVP because goddamn, he's still here. It's like a LeBron thing, right? LeBron, remember, doesn't have a ton of MVPs. And LeBron, you know, at one point just got one. Oh yeah, we forgot about LeBron. LeBron's been great. We should probably give LeBron an MVP. And that's probably what's going to happen with Antetokounmpo. It's probably going to be harder and harder for Antetokounmpo to make a case that it's like, all right, I deserve it. Giannis Antetokounmpo, if they win the title, the Bucks go and they complete their goal and they win the 2023 NBA Finals. There will be obviously a lot of hype for Giannis for MVP. Giannis might take home another NBA Finals MVP. We'll have to see. But if he if that happens, there's probably not going to be the desire for Giannis Antetokounmpo to be awesome in the regular season because the the drive won't be there. We saw the Bucks after they won a title 
they kind of put, you know, the regular season on the back burner. And I didn't like that, but that you see that a lot with championship teams where it's really hard to get up every night and you have a team, you have a target on your back and the Bucs are going to get older, right? And I don't think the window is closed for the Bucs and we can have that conversation on another podcast. But I do, I do know that if they win the title, Giannis is probably not going to win MVP next year. If he does, it's because, you know, the ones around him struggled. Maybe Jokic got hurt. Maybe, you know, Luka continues to be on a mid-league team in Dallas. Uh, that Embiid, for some reason, did not have the year that he had the year prior. Uh, but maybe an injury, too. Tatum did it ascend. Uh, you know, there could be a hundred different reasons why, you know, Giannis might fall his way into an MVP. But if he falls his way in the MVP, it's kind of like that second Rodgers MVP season in 2021, where it's like, all right, no one's played really well this year. Let's just give it to somebody. And that's how I think it would be for Antetokounmpo. Because if they win a title, it's not going to, the focus isn't going to be there. And, and that's okay, right? I think we all take that. I think the, the the chance for the Bucks to win three in the last four years would be a huge accomplishment, and it would be there would be some motivation for that. But it it will change a little. It will change a little bit, and, and that's that's just facts. And that that happens with every championship team, and at the NBA, I think is making themselves say, you know, they want to be more like the NFL. We haven't really talked a lot about the CBA, mostly because it's it's really kind of hard to discuss but I do think the NBA wants to avoid dynasties and I think they want to get to an NFL NHL type model where anybody at any point can win and it's going to be more there's going to be more competitive balance in the league at least they hope uh, and the, the amount of dynasties will go away which is interesting because I feel like the NBA is is kind of founded on dynasties but that's another again another topic for another time but back to Antetokounmpo and the revenge. So these quotes from Antetokounmpo about MVP say everything I need to know. Giannis is going to go on a warpath here. Whoever the first-round opponent is, whether it's Toronto, whether it's Chicago, whether it's Atlanta, whether it's Miami, yeah, that will be Series 1. That will be the warm-up. Then Giannis will face either Cleveland or New York. I think there will be you know some statements trying to be made, especially in New York. If he could be a Madison Square Garden for two or three games, I think that is a huge thing for Antetokounmpo. And I think that will elevate him in it even more, which is crazy to think about. And then it's Boston, likely. And that's the, that's the revenge series. And Antetokounmpo, I think there, it would be really hard for me to envision Giannis losing back-to-back -back years to the same team. You know, obviously... You go back to Jordan, and Jordan had that issue, uh, but it was it was before he won a championship. So it'd be really interesting if it was happening to Antetokounmpo after he'd won his first title, right? And then the finals, I mean, I don't know. It could be the Warriors, it could be the Clippers, it could be the Suns. I think those are probably the three teams that I think everybody's looking at as, all right, these are the ones, maybe Denver too, uh, to, to add them to the mix. But I think the West is so much you know, worse than the East, whether it's the Celtics or the Bucks or even the Sixers, they're there. I think those are the three best teams in the NBA right now. If you had a power ranking, I think I would go Bucks, Celtics, Sixers. That would be my, my overall power rankings. And I just think Giannis right now wants to wants to know wants everybody to know he's the best. And I think he knows it. I think he knows he's playing at a high level. I think he cares that he doesn't have like uh, whatever he is going on with his wrist, I think it doesn't matter. I think he's doing all the treatment, everything that he needs to, 
to win another title. I don't know if Giannis was play, would have played the last few weeks had the Bucs won a title last year, right? Had the Bucs won a title last year, is Giannis out there with that wrist injury? Or is he taking it easy and then they're going to make him push during the playoffs? I don't know. Chris Middleton did hurt his knee. It was his other knee, but it seems like Chris Middleton will be back. Drew Holiday has played incredible this year, but I think there are some questions about Holiday in the playoffs, and that's something you know Mitch and I, Shannon and I are going to discuss this week. We're going to talk in a little in a little more detail. So I I look at that, and and all of that said, like I am I'm very excited to see where where this goes for Antetokounmpo. Because I, I just think the guy is is at another level with his career, and he's so comfortable, and, and I mean that in the best sense, because just those quotes are are all you need to know. Like he is going to make sure that if the Sixers are the team in the Eastern Conference Finals, he is going to make Embiid's life a living hell. I, I truly, truly believe that. I truly believe the Bucks will will make the Sixers you know, regret ever beating the Celtics. And I, I, I think for the Celtics, they, they've they had a, they've had Giannis's number a little bit, but I also think Giannis, I think they sandbagged that last game. I really do. Um, and I think there will, there will be things that Celtics haven't seen from Antetokounmpo in that game uh, against, Bo- in that series against Boston. But it's exciting. I'm, I'm very excited to be back with the playoffs. Uh, it's going to be a run. It's going to be a ride. I think we're all we're all ready for the revenge tour uh, again to fire back up, and Giannis Giannis is primed, man. And nothing like a revenge tour when you're the best team. I think I think that's probably the best place to be in, right? We talk. I think we've we've used the word less a lot for a long time. For those who are new podcast listeners, we used house money uh, a lot to describe things. And then I stopped using it because I, I would use it for everything. Be like, oh, it's house money situation, it's house money situation. So I kind of stopped using it because I was like, okay, I am overdoing this phrase in general. And so for that, uh, to that said, I look at it and this is house money for the Milwaukee Bucks. And they they are in a really, a really good spot. And they could they could really succeed here. And I think they are they are in a perfect spot with being in revenge, being in revenge mode, but also being the best team. When you're in revenge mode and you kind of are the underdog, that that makes things a little tougher. But not for the Bucks right now. The Bucks are primed to make a deep run and be the NBA champion again. And they're the favorites, and they'll be a target. But I, I don't think Giannis cares. I don't think the rest of the Bucks care. And I think Giannis wants to let everybody know by June, middle of June. He's the best player in the NBA. Moving on to the surprising Milwaukee Brewers. They are 7-2 to start the young year. Uh, They are right there with the Tampa Bay Devil Rays, or the Rays, as one of the best teams in baseball so far. The Rays have not lost the game. They have a run differential of 57. Uh, They're playing very, very good baseball. Brewers are equally playing well, even though they have two losses. Uh, the Brewers have a run differential of 25. Uh, that's second in baseball. Shout out to Tyler uh, Knuth, I think, on on Twitter, who recently followed him and I follow each other. And Tyler does a good job of covering the Brewers and pointing that out. The Milwaukee Brewers have been full of surprises, at least through the first 11 or nine games of the season. Uh, it's been it's been a lot of fun. I think 
this is exactly what you hope for uh, as you know someone starting this season because there was a lot of questions of the identity of this team about what to expect. Uh, Ken Rosenthal came out with something last week that people were expecting the Brewers to have a sell-off, which would kind of confer some of the conspiracy theory stuff that I had, you know, where I was like, okay, they're doing, you know, they're kind of withholding who are their bobbleheads going to be. They're doing all these concerts this year. You know, it, it sort of screamed like they needed extra revenue because they felt like the bottom might fall off from what the Brewers are this season. And then the Brewers turn around and say, "All right, we're gonna, we're just gonna be awesome. We're not gonna, we're not gonna let you sell off this team. We're gonna, we're gonna be great this year. And then you can decide next this off season if you want to start moving some some deck chairs, start start moving some bigger pieces, and and try to re rebrand and retool this Brewers team, like you see that the Rays have done in the past, like the Guardians have done." Uh, and you know, kind of make sure that you can fit in in the small market. Uh, and I, I look at that and I, I just have, it's been an enjoyable start to the year. It really has. And, and I think, you know, in terms of surprises, the biggest surprise has been the bullpen and how good the bullpen has been, uh, really for the last week plus, uh, they have a, I think it's a over 20 inning scoreless streak going right now. Uh, and it's everybody. It's not, there's not one sort of black sheep at this point. And that's that's been awesome. And that's been really, really exciting to see out of this bullpen because it, it was one that I was very concerned about, um, one that I I raised issue with, that I looked at this team and I said, what's the one thing that could cost the Brewers, you know, wins? And I said, this bullpen. Like, I, I felt like, all right, Matt Bush, who's still makes me nervous like he had a bit he didn't have that great of a appearance on on sat on sunday but matt bush uh worried me i thought it's like all right is hobie milner really gonna have another good year um you know bullpen pitchers are so temperamental they can have a great year you know the year prior and the next year they completely forget how to pitch so i was like is hobie milner gonna kind of fall back to earth uh I, I like Strzelecki, but I, I was like, okay, there, there's a chance that maybe the Brewers are wrong about Strzelecki. Gus Varlin, is he a Rule 5 guy or is he a legitimate pitcher? Uh, Joel Pamias, uh, I he didn't have a good spring, so it's like, is he good? Javi Guerra, this is now his third team. Like, is Javi Guerra going to actually figure out his stuff? But all of it has worked out. All of it has worked out in terms of the bullpen. And all of these guys, at some point, maybe we'll struggle, right? At some point, maybe this becomes the Brewers' weakness and we have a conversation about the Brewers needing to make a deal to get another bona fide, like, back-end guy where, you know, when these guys are more warmed up in the year and let's just hope that Corbin Burns comes back to life, uh, it's like Burns, Woodruff, Peralta for six innings, then it's Milner for the seventh or Strzelecki for the seventh. And it's another, you know, someone you trade for in the eighth and then Devin Williams in the ninth, right? That I think would be the hope. Right now, I don't think the Brewers have that. And the pitchers aren't stretched out. So they're not they're not going six or seven innings. They're six at best. I think Peralta went six uh, yesterday. But it doesn't happen as often. And the bullpen's going to be tested this week, right? You're going to go now of 10 games in 10 days, three three cities. Like this is a brutal road trip 
for the Milwaukee Brewers. And it, it speaks to the importance of, you know, winning games. But this bullpen has been such a surprise for, for the Brewers. And it's really, it's a really encouraging thing. And, you know, obviously at some point, I'm not saying I'm waiting for the other shoe to fall, but at some point you're going to have an outlier. At some point you're going to be like, oh, this guy's in the fucking game. Buckle up. I think every baseball fan has that. I don't think that is unique to just the Brewers. Like, I think even the best teams have that guy or that other, that two guys where you're like, all right, fucking so-and-so's on the mound. We got we to gotta see how this is going to go. And it's awesome that the bullpen's playing well and surprising a lot of people. And they're doing a really good job of bridging the gap from starter to Devin Williams. Other surprises, I think, obviously the freshmen, right? Uh, they didn't have as good of a series against the Cardinals, but still, like, the performance of Garrett Mitchell, Treg, Joey Weimer, they all look like they belong. It's going to be really hard to send any of those guys back down to the AAA. I think they've all sort of made their case about why they belong in the major in the majors, and it's it's been really fun to watch. Now, going down the road, I think it's a little different. Now, Treg, Treg handled, and I think Mitchell also handled the road well uh, when they were in Chicago for that quick stint. So maybe it won't be a problem. But, you know, that's that's a little bit different. And I also spoke about how, you know, Memphis, and I, I think the Brewers have a lot of veteran leadership, so I don't think this should happen. But, you know, the Memphis Grizzlies had troubles on the road with their young guys because they'd go out and rip it up. And it's hard not to in Arizona, San Diego, uh, Seattle, maybe not as much, but, like, you know, Arizona, Scottsdale, uh, San Diego, those are places you could you could definitely have a good time. I'm not saying that the young guys will, but that's something you got to make sure that those guys, you know, stay sort of above ground and above board and, and not find themselves in any sort of trouble. But they've they've certainly surprised. I think this has been unexpected uh, that we, we did not see see this coming. Uh, Wade Miley pitches today. If Wade Miley has another good start, I think you'd have to qualify Wade Miley as a surprise. Uh, and it's like Wade Miley looks like 2018 Wade Miley. And, and Wade Miley was so good for the Brewers uh, five years ago. And he, you know, he didn't have the best, you know, five-year stretch here. I mean, it's been, it's been a lot of injuries. Uh, he had some struggles there. And now it's it seems like he maybe he's back. Again, one game sample. So I'm not ready to be like Wade Miley is a surprise. Uh, I think from a negative perspective, negative surprises, uh, it's been surprising to see the Rowdy Telez start. Uh, Rowdy's really struggled. Uh, he's only hitting 160. Uh, he didn't have a good double yesterday. And, you know, hopefully at some point Rowdy sort of comes back to life. But it's been a slow start for him. Uh, definitely definitely in the negative surprise category. Corbin Burns, obviously. Uh, we've talked a lot about Burns and his struggles so far. Uh, that's certainly surprising. I think Eric Lauer's velocity being down is, is surprising because there's no sign of injury. So it's like, does he just suck? Is he just like, is he headed to the KBO sooner rather than later? Um, I think that's surprising in itself. Uh, I think it's surprising that Mike Prasso is hitting first. Uh, that's more of a negative surprise. I had some buddies who were pissed off about that. And I think it's a little bit of counsel, right? I think counsel likes the, because Brasso does not play a full game. So how he structures it is, they usually bring in a left-hander at some point to take Brasso's spot, and then you have lefty, righty, lefty uh, with Christian Yelich hitting third. Uh, people hate it, um, and it's not great. I, Yelich, uh, I would say, is playing like, has is playing like 2020 and beyond Yelich so far. 
Uh, it's, I wouldn't say it's surprising. I wouldn't say it's negative. I will talk a little bit about Yelich and Golden Kegs. Uh, so there, there is that. But yeah, I, I think for the Brewers in general, like this is a bit of fun ride. It's exactly what you wanted. I think you bring in a lot of fans, right? You, you know, the they play Boston, Detroit, and LA. Uh, the Angels, that is, uh, not the Dodgers. The next, the next homestand, and I think there'll be more people wanting to get out to Brewer games now. Obviously. You have Bucks playoff games, so if you have to choose between the two, you're going to go to the fucking playoff game, of course. And you're going to want to make sure that you're, you know, in your seat watching the Bucks playoffs, you know, dirt going on. And that's that's the other part of it. So how do you how do you balance that? And I I think what it, what does help, and and it's not it. You at least have the shorter games, so maybe you're able to say, all right. It's a, you know, not really though, because I think you'll you'll see a lot of overlap. Hopefully not too much. I think that would be the only thing that would kind of get in the Brewers' way a little bit is just if the Bucks, you know, are playing at the same time. And that will happen, right? And, but we don't know the schedule yet. So, you know, hopefully it won't be too bad. Uh, and we'll be able to, you know, kind of have a balance there. But yeah, it's uh, it should be... Should be an awesome, you know, next few weeks and see if the Brewers can maintain. And I think just keep winning games. Like, yes, can you can you win a division in April? Maybe um, there are some things where quick April starts can you can lead to you know winning a title, winning a division. That is not like an actual title, but winning a division title. Uh, you can certainly lose a division in April, and just the road back is tough. We've seen the recipe recently has been starting slow and then finishing fast, uh, whether it's the Nationals, whether it was the Braves. Uh, the Astros were good all of last year, so I mean, they're, but the Phillies, for example, the Phillies were a team that kind of started slow, and then they picked up speed as the year went on. So, you know, I think for the Brewers' sake, just keep building these wins for war chest and then at some point when the losing streak happens, because it's going to, right, that's baseball, you're you're sort of ready for it. And I think the Brewers, you know, 7-2 is a, a solid start. And I think for this road trip, it's really about just going 500. Um, so you get the five wins. If they, you know, if they win, they sweep the Diamondbacks and then they win the first two against San Diego and their five wins, then... As we mentioned, house money. Like then, the rest of that series is how, the rest of the week is house money. Uh, just make sure you get it done, and it probably won't happen that way. Uh, the road is a little different. Uh, having to deal, you know, in that bullpen too. Like they're, you know, they'll be hot. Fans will be hot. I think the environment in San Diego is going to be much more difficult uh, because you'll be sellouts all weekend versus the environment in Arizona. Uh, Arizona will likely not have the fans that you'll see, you know, in San Diego. And usually have a pretty good Brewer contingent in Arizona. Uh, the Snowbirds haven't official, maybe haven't officially left either. So maybe you'll get a better crowd. Spring break, I think, is going down a lot for high schoolers. So maybe there there'll be some more families that try to get there uh, to Arizona. That actually would be perfect if you're if you're a Brewer family and you could do Arizona for a couple days, do Phoenix for. You know, the first part of the week and the second part of the week, you go to San Diego. That's pretty. That's a pretty solid, solid spring break, um, which I think they still do spring breaks around Easter. Some teachers would have to tell me, uh, maybe my teacher listening friends who are listening, just hanging out, uh, doing stuff around the house instead of working today, uh, could tell me that if they're on spring break. Uh, because, yeah, I think that would be an awesome trip to do Arizona than San Diego. But, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll have to see and see if the Brewers can keep it up. But let's do goalie kegs. Before we talk about Odell and Aaron Rodgers.
All right, Golden Kegs. We do this after every series. Uh, the best and the worst from the series that was for the Milwaukee Brewers. And a two and one series victory is always always what you want to see, uh, especially against the Cardinals. Uh, five kegs, Willie Adamas. I thought this was a great weekend for Willie. Uh, he had a lot of offense on Friday in the Brewers' 4 nothing victory. Uh, he had a home run. He also had a, a double. And then he added three hits as well as another home run on Sunday. Uh, really solid stuff from Willie Adamas. He was taking some extra work in the batting cages on Friday before that game. And it really paid off. And it seems like Willie's heated up here. And if we get to 2021 Willie. Now, 2022 Willie wasn't bad. But 2021 Willie was an all-star, damn near MVP candidate. Like, if we get that Willie Adamas again, Brewers are going to be really good. Um, and they're going to be really tough to beat. Uh, and Adamas has seen the ball really nicely. And so it, it seems like he's a little more dialed in to start the year. And he's not trying too hard and just, you know, play baseball and doing what Adamas did, you know, in that in that 2021 season. So good, good, good weekend for Willie. Uh, we'll be interested to see if he can carry it on the road. Four Kegs to Brewers, Wilpen, we already talked about them at length. But, yeah, it was a good weekend for them. They really did a good job in, in all the games, truly. Like, you look at the Friday game and Brandon Woodruff did not – I would say he was bad. Like, he was he was pretty solid, but he couldn't make it through, you know, six innings. Uh, just had a lot of pitches, uh, was – you know, battling the Cardinals are always tough, right? They're they're gonna take a bunch of pitches, they're gonna work the counts, so that that makes it difficult on the starting pitching. But Woodruff did get through six. Yeah, the bullpen out there, bullpen did their job to hold that lead. Uh, at that point, I think it was three nothing before Davis hits the home run late to extend it to a four nothing lead, and that's you know credit to that Brewers bullpen, you know, to get getting that done. Then on Saturday, did it go well for Eric Lauer? And we'll talk about Eric in a second here. But what what they were able to do is, you know, keep that lead at six and did not make it a blowout. And the Brewers had an opportunity, you know, in that eighth inning to potentially get back into this game and make it a safe situation for Ryan Helsley, who's really, really good. But yeah, it you know, that's credit to that team and credit to the, the bullpen for keeping it at six, right? And so, yeah, uh, just to clean up on Friday, you know, they were only up 2 nothing uh, when Woodruff exited. Payavis came in, you know, got closed down the rest of uh, rest of that inning uh, for Woodruff, then Gus Varlin and Holby Milner in the sixth, Bush in the eighth, and Bryce Wilson in the ninth. I can't believe Bryce Wilson is pitching somewhat impactful games for the Brewers. I think at some point that's going to come back to bite you. But then, yeah, the sixth inning or in the Saturday game when you're down six nothing, uh, Lauer you know struggled, but he made it through four. Varlin had two good innings, Guerra had two good innings, and Pagamas again uh, finished it off in the in the ninth. Pagamas, not Pagamas, uh, very Wisconsin of me. Uh, and then, yeah, on Saturday, on Sunday, the Brewers were not again not up by a lot. And I think one of the things the Brewers have been doing a really good job of. This season is tacking on runs. They were not doing that last year. Last year, it's like they got a couple runs. They're like, all right, we're good. But they were up 3-1 uh, when Willie Peralta left this game. And then the Brewers get a home run from Yelich. They get a double from Rowdy. And they pull it to a 6-1 game. And Strzelecki, Bush, Homie Milner, 
and Devin Williams got shut it down. Uh, Mill, uh, Bush not great in that game, but still uh, did did what it can to work himself out of the jam. You, if you want to be critical of this bullpen, you would point out they are walking a lot of guys. Uh, so it's like at some point, is that going to come back to bite you? It probably will. Uh, but let's hope it's th- that's not going to be the case. Speaking of Yelch, he gets my three kegs. Uh, he was awesome on Sunday. Uh, had three hits. He had a home run. Uh, two runs uh, scored as well. Uh, really solid stuff from Christian. Uh, he had a decent game on Friday. Uh, Saturday did not go well for him. But uh, I, I think as long as Christian Yelich can kind of keep figuring it out, keep working on it, I understand the frustration with Yelich. I get it. I was hearing it from uh, someone. I, Jake shouted me out and was like, is that the worst contract ever? I'm like, no, I don't think it's the worst contract. I think it's a bad one. But I, I do believe like Christian Yelich can come back to life. Like you could call me a homer, you could call me unabashed, but I, I at some point believe that there is that that comeback season in Christian Yelich. I don't think it's gonna be MVP season, but I think Yelich can hit 20 home runs and you know hit like 275. I, I'm not ready to just give up completely on Christian Yelich. I do I do wonder if he is a run producer like like he's been in the past. Like him hitting third is not something I'm entirely fond of. Uh, but I know we talked about the Brasso. I'd rather Brasso hit third. I know that sounds crazy. It's like, why would you want Mike Brasso hitting third? But I don't know. I, I don't think the Brewers have a ton of great run producers against left-handers. And that's that continues to be a little bit of a bugaboo for this team. And maybe you bring Contreras up in the lineup a little bit. Uh, hopefully if Luke Voigt, maybe Brian Anderson, if he continues. Uh, he wasn't that great this weekend, but like... You might have to figure out different ways around it where you may bury Yelich a little bit against left-handers just because they're, you don't want to put him in that situation. So, I'm, again, I'm not ready to sell any Yelich stock. I still believe there's a comeback season in Yelich. Uh, maybe Sunday was the start of it. We'll have to see if it translates over this weekend or this week. Excuse me. Two kegs, uh, Eric Lauer. Uh, I don't know. Uh, the velocity's down for Lauer. I guess Vinny Rotino did a breakdown, according to my dad, who's telling me that if Lauer opens up his shoulder a little bit, he loses some of that velocity. So maybe that's fixable, but I don't know if that's something you could just fix overnight. Uh, it's not going to get any easier for Lauer as he has to face San Diego uh, this coming weekend. Uh, San Diego has been pretty good against left-handers. Uh, he also was a former Padre, so there'll be a lot of emotions likely. I think he fit, faced the Padres last year did okay, if I remember correctly. Actually, I don't think he did. I, I'd have to look back, but... Yeah, I think there there's a lot of pressure on Lauer. Uh, you know, as someone who I don't think should exactly feel safe as as a Brewer starting pitcher, if the velocity keeps going down, like that's a problem, right? You're gonna have to look at that. You're gonna have to address that. Uh, the problem right now for the Brewers is they don't have a ton of starting pitching depth. Uh, Jansen Junk's in the binders, but is Jansen Junk just a quad A guy? Is he the Keston hero of pitching? Uh, because he's that he's struggled in the big leagues. But he's done fine in AAA. So what what is it? Uh, Robert Gasser is probably, I would say, a couple months away. Like you need to see it in AAA for Robert Gasser before you're like, all right, yeah, this guy, this guy's next, right? This guy, this guy's the next good pitcher for the for the Milwaukee Brewers. Um, I think that I think we're a few few months away from that uh, for Rob Gasser. So we'll have to see. Uh, but yeah, I, I want Lauer to figure out the velocity stuff because. He desperately needs to. Um, and I also don't know if you could pitch a left-hander against 
against the St. Louis Cardinals. I think in general, you have to think about, you know, it, are you able to maneuver your rotation to avoid a lefty, you know, a spot start for a righty or stagger it. So, you know, you make sure that your bullpen doesn't get overworked before having a left-hander on the mound. Goldschmidt and Aaron are just so good against lefties. Then you had Contreras, who's also very good against lefties. Uh, that's that's a that's an issue. Uh, I think Tyler Neal also has good good splits against left-handers. St. Louis just that's a huge advantage that the Cardinals do have. Uh, and then to wrap it up, uh, Wood Keg to Luke Voigt. I thought Luke Voigt had an awful game on Sunday Saturday. Luke Voigt, you're in there against lefties. He had a moment in the eighth inning where he had runners on. He had two outs. He you know could have easily. You know, just driven in a run. All you needed was a base hit. Base hit there, scores two. And then the Brewers are kind of right into it. They need to get some base runners, but they're not exactly dead. And Luke Voigt tried to swing for the fences on two pitches. And then he has a brutal strikeout on a curveball that you knew was coming from Thompson. Uh, just sucked for Luke Voigt. Uh, wasn't great. And then uh, he also wasn't great defensively. And that's an issue, right? You'd hope that at some points you're going to need Luke Voigt to play first base so you could give like Contreras a day off and he was dh that game but yeah bad stuff all around from Luke Voigt so that's Golden Kegs for the series against the Cardinals all right let's wrap up quickly with Odell Beckham and Aaron Rodgers and just where we sit with all of that I think with OBJ and Aaron Rodgers and OBJ now goes to the Baltimore Ravens uh he will Likely join Lamar Jackson. I think this was a move to make Lamar uh, want to come back. Uh, this was the Ravens sort of offering a olive branch and saying, all right, we'll get you Odell. We'll get you a receiver. I don't know the impact that Odell Beckham is going to have on the Ravens. I think there will be a lot of hype around it. But I don't know if that immediately makes the Ravens two, one or two wins better. I just think it's very interesting that Aaron Rodgers has not been able to land Odell Beckham now multiple times they talk about their friendship they talk about how close they are and yet they don't want to play football together so why is that uh it it sounds a lot like someone who acts like they have a girlfriend or acts like they have you know someone in their life but they actually don't exist like it's kind of a manti tail situation like oh yeah yeah i met her at you know that festival uh and yeah, we like we we had a real connection, and you know maybe there there's something there, and then maybe you see him at the festival again. You go every year, you keep seeing that girl, but it it never actually amounts to anything, and that's kind of kind of what it is for Rogers and Beckham. Like they just don't seem to you know want to actually you know be a couple, be in that relationship, uh, because it, it they've had multiple opportunities and it just did not work out. The Jets interviewed the Jets actually interviewed him twice, and at the at the it seemed like he was going to go there. And I don't know, maybe he was using the Jets as leverage for the Ravens. The Ravens gave him a lot of money, right? And so uh, it, that's interesting to to say the least. That's definitely something to pay attention to, right? And why why can't Rodgers you know land the plane there? Is it because he you know just expects people to join him? And I think it kind of speaks to, you know, what we've, we all, Aaron Rodgers just is not the recruiter that Tom Brady was, that 
uh, Patrick Mahomes has been in the past that, you know, some of these other guys, even Lamar Jackson, right? Um, and sure, Lamar played a role in this. Uh, and guys, you know, actually recruit and want these guys to be there. I think I could even argue, you know, there, I'm trying to think of other examples, but Derek Carr, right? Derek Carr is a better recruiter than Aaron Rodgers at this point. And Aaron Rodgers just is not sometimes the guy we think he is. Um, and I think one of the things that has been conflated about Rodgers has been his his willingness to work with guys that are outside of his circle that he still likes, right? Like he likes Odell Beckham, but he's not in his circle. He was working out with Alan Lazard. Like he has, like over the weekend, he has his guys and that's it. And it's so fascinating to, you know, see this from a little bit of a different lens. I'm not following every one of Rogers' moves and I'm not suddenly some sort of Rogers hater. It's just, it's very interesting to look at it from a different lens because it's not affecting the Packers directly, right? And it, it's just curious that Rogers seemingly doesn't do enough. Like he doesn't take that extra step. And it's like, what did, what would have that extra step been for Odell Beckham? You know, and maybe part of the problem was he wasn't in New York. Like Odell might have said, like, hey, look, I don't think you're, I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is going to be here. I, you can't guarantee me that. And until you can guarantee me that, I don't really want to side with you guys. And that's on Joe Douglas. That's on Woody Johnson. Uh, and that leads to more like you absolutely need to land Aaron Rodgers. There was a Joe Douglas thing with Boomer Esiason and Jets fans where he was like, yeah, Aaron Rodgers is coming here. It's like, okay, man, if that's the case, then do the deal. Give the unprotected 24, 24 pick and then it's done, right? So I don't know, man. It, it's very interesting to see just Rodgers and the recruitment doesn't, doesn't work out the way I think, think we thought it would. Uh, and I think that's something that was you know overplayed when, when he was a Packer and it's, it's overplayed when he's sort of in this limbo slash Jets thing. As for the Packers, just real quick, uh, just they don't, I don't know what they're going to do at veteran receiver. Like Matt LaFleur is like, we're going to get a veteran wide receiver. And it's like, okay, all that's left right now are Jarvis Landry, Julio Jones, Randall Cobb, and I think a guy from the Falcons who has a long name I can't pronounce. Like that's it. That's all you have from a veteran receiver. That's that The cupboard is bare. It's like the cupboard in my very competitive NL Dynasty League for, for baseball. Like, good luck finding, you know, replacement level guys that are available. So what are the Packers going to do? Are Packers going to make a trade that we don't know about? Like, are they trading for DeAndre Hopkins? Like, which would be, I mean, would be so funny. Would be such a troll to Rodgers. I don't think DeAndre Hopkins makes a ton of sense, honestly, just given the fact that he does similar things to Christian Watson. But at the same time, like, if you get, you get more second round picks and you're able to then take those second round picks and say, all right, hey, do you want DeAndre Hopkins? Like, that'd be that'd be great, right? So, I don't know. Uh, we'll we'll have to see. We'll have to monitor it, see what happens. Uh, but yeah, it's it's very interesting uh, to say the least. And we'll we'll have to see what the Packers have in store from a veteran wide receiver perspective because they're they're running out of options. And they go to the season with Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs. Rookie wide receiver, uh, Samari Torre, that's that's an issue. That's a big issue. That's also a red flag that maybe the Packers aren't, aren't really thinking they're going to be 
a nine or ten win team or a ten or eleven win team, and that it's a rebuilding year. And if everything works, great. But if it doesn't, it's not a big deal. Uh, I will be very concerned of that. And also, there's yeah, no veteran tight end. It's kind of like what what are we exactly doing, you know, with this offense right now? Like we just have running backs. That's it, and some talented young wide receivers, a talented young quarterback. Like we need a little more depth. The depth on the offensive side of the ball is is quite concerning at this point. And not not saying that Odell was coming here because he wasn't, but it's like, all right, well, you're out, you're almost out of options here. Travis Landry and uh, and Julio Jones don't exactly uh, get get the engine revved, but who knows? All right, like I said, busy week this week. We'll. Uh, We'll work around that. We'll figure it out. And uh, we'll talk to you guys. Uh, I think, t- I don't know if I'm going to do a podcast tomorrow. Shit. I should probably figure that out. Uh, I I will say to be determined um, on the podcast. Uh, and I will I will let you guys know. But I will say more likely than not, no pod tomorrow. And we'll be back on Wednesday with Shannon, I think. Uh, so let me let me just figure that all out. I did a bad job. Easter kind of you know impacted. I didn't want to be bothering Mitch and Shannon on Easter. So uh, I will reach out and we'll figure it out. I'll update Deja on the Twitter and I'll put it on my story on Instagram so you'll know exactly what we're doing from a podcast perspective this week. All right, take care, guys. Have a great week and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Maybe, uh, maybe not tomorrow. We'll definitely talk to you Tuesday. All right, we'll talk to you Wednesday. There we go. Uh, A little holiday hangover. Gotta love it. All right, take care, guys. Have a good one. Bye.